Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How's everybody doing? Welcome to a live post-game show here directly from the Golden One Center where we saw the Kings lose 110-101. I got my boy Vince Miracle to break it all down. Vince, the atmosphere was amazing tonight. It felt like a playoff atmosphere, but the Kings couldn't get it done down the stretch. Rashawn Holmes was in foul trouble. Lots of iffy calls, but you'll get that from time to time in the NBA as we all know. And we saw a lot of positives tonight, though. I just heard the uh, post-game interview with uh, with Tyrese, and he was pretty positive about things. Luke was pretty positive about things. He wanted to win the game really bad for the fans and the home opener today. Davion was just talking as well. He talked about how he really watches film on Jordan Clarkson. He loved looking up to a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who we clamped tonight, by the way, and I'm sure we'll get into all those details. But, man, how you doing, brother? How's your night going? And what was your overall thoughts about this game? Uh, it was really good. This was a, the cool thing about this game was this is actually not even the first game. This game right here. Because the first game, my son wasn't feeling very well. This this game, my four-year-old son actually sat down and watched an entire Kings game with me. Beautiful, from, bro. From tip off to end. It was, uh, that was actually pretty cool to see. So that Memories, was- bro. Like these memories will go with you till your damn coffin, right? Yeah, man, it was, uh, he saw me laying on the TV, and he said this to me last year, but this year he said something a little bit different, other than, Dad, you scared me, he said, Dad, calm down, which was hilarious <laughs> to me. It, it was just, it was just such an intense game. I, I had the whole family watching this game with me, just because I was unlike everybody. I asked a lot of people today heading into this game, what did you, what are you expecting to see from the Kings against the Utah Jazz, right? And I think the biggest takeaway I got from asking so many people was, they want to just see something competitive. In the first game, you could kind of think, oh, you know what? The Blazers, they're coming in with a new coach, new play style. The Kings can possibly sneak one in game one, right? So this is game two, though. This is a team, a Utah Jazz team that was literally an ankle injury away from right. being inside of a finals, right? And that, and now they have that type of expectation, Vegas, eight and a half point underdogs, I believe, by the time tip-off actually began. And they were leading most of this game. The Kings were competitive all the way through. Six like and a said, half. There's, there's, Six and a half. By tip-off, they gave them eight points. Holy by tip-off, moly. Which was crazy. Yeah, that was on mybookie.ag. Check that out. Use promo code Kingscourt, by the way. New sponsor. Right. Throw that out there. Uh, but there's m- many takeaways. I don't want to take up the whole beginning talking right. about it all, but yeah, man, energy seemed amazing. The energy at my house was amazing to watch this game again. Shout out to my son Isaiah, man. He was 
he was having a great time. And uh, yeah, man, a lot to take away here. We can talk about it more, but I, I don't want to take over all in this beginning. Hey, shout out to Isaiah, man. Tell my un Uncle Leo said, what's up? Take my cap off to him. And we'll make sure to get him a nice little soccer mother proud hat very, very soon once we put the order in, guys. I know a lot of you guys were asking about that, saying what's up to me, man. Shout out to everybody who came up to me today uh, and just said what's up, man. Asking about the hats, the merch, you know, Teespring store is up there. But the hats, y'all going to have to wait because we're trying to find the store to make them. There's a shortage on hats, unfortunately. But it is what it is, man. Let's get to the game. Talk to me after this. I got you. <laughs> hey. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. But before we do, man, huge shout out to all our sponsors, Valley Tire Center, Medici, Sacramento. If y'all want to go to a spot before a game or even after a game, Medici, Sacramento has your back. Amazing pizza. So, so delicious. So they have my endorsement for sure. And if you guys need your car needs, tires, oil job, whatever it is, man, VTC has you guys. Y'all know they got season tickets right here, literally on the floor. The, the, the seats that I sat on against the Laker game. That's how close they are. So we'll be doing a lot of giveaways this year. So make sure you guys follow Valley Tire Center. Vince, who was your MVP for the Kings, even though they lost a game tonight? I mean, I, I think it has to be Buddy Heald, right? I mean, right. It's, it's either Buddy Heald or Davion Mitchell. And I don't want to just think it's it's Davion just because of that one great play. And the defense he played the whole game was great. And Donovan Mitchell. But what Buddy brought, as soon as he stepped on that floor was something that everyone has to be encouraged by. We talked right. about it in the in the preseason and during the offseason. Every time we did a show together and every time I touched the microphone, I said, all we want Buddy Heal to do is play in his role. Stop trying to be something that you're not. Right. Stop trying and Luke, stop trying to make him a playmaker. Let set some plays and let him work, let him do what he's great at doing, which is just putting the ball in the hole. And today, not only was he able to put the ball in a hole from you know just hustling, but they set plays for him early, and he was able to execute on those set plays. The, the drive down the court quickly and setting Alex Len to give him a pick. So when he got down the floor, he ran back up. I mean, those are plays you can start doing on 2K, and it worked in this game, and Buddy found himself open. I mean, the fact that he passed Peja on a deep three during his best Curry impression is amazing. Uh, I think people got to start realizing that no, Buddy Heald is not going to be a probably not the starter for this team on most nights. I think you've kind of found what your core starter is, but he's the guy that you need on this team if you want everyone to work because of how well he spaces the floor. 100%. And it's the little things that fans won't talk about even during the game on that De'Aaron Fox uh play where he literally he did my boy Mike Conley nasty when he, when he lowered his shoulder and he just put him on the floor but that play was literally caused because of Buddy Heald's gravity they overplayed him and on the previous possession Buddy went wild with that three-pointer so they played him hard they hard headed him hard and when they rotated back to Fox Mike Conley was out of position not saying that Fox still would have blown by the guy but it was a little bit easier his path was easier to the rim he got that beautiful uh, layup, right? And those are the little things that I keep trying to tell people. I had a film breaks, uh, a film session during the fourth quarter yesterday when I broke those things down. His gravity, Vince, is just insane. They're acting like he's pretty damn near Steph Curry. Not to that extent because Steph is just in his own league, but 
elite of the elite shooters, man. They're hard-hedging him every time. Teams rather him not shoot the ball and give that slip pass to Rashawn or give that swing, swing, swing to either Fox or Halliburton. Like, teams are cracking down on, on Buddy Heald. Uh, he's getting the same treatment that a guy like Duncan Robinson gets, like a Joe Harris gets, those elite shooting role players, super role players that make everybody else around them better. Your thoughts on that? I mean, no, it's true. But Buddy, Buddy's the guy that they need to space the floor. Um, I mean, there's there's not much more you can say about it. Just playing in your role, man. I mean, that's the one thing everyone's wanted to see. Just play in the role of being a six man. And in that role, the guy is capable of averaging between 16 and 18 points a game, three three pointers. If he keeps grabbing rebounds the way he has been, and not even I don't even think he had that many rebounds tonight. You can tell, check the stat line. But the way he's been hustling without the ball in these first two games has been fantastic. Both after a made basket and on a miss, hustling down the court to play defense. He has seven he rebounds has tonight. A lot of, 24 points, seven rebounds. Just crazy. Six of 15 from uh, beyond the beyond the arc. That's that's impressive. That's what I'm saying. His his hustle without the ball has been something that I, I, I've touched on it a lot. I said that bothers me that sometimes you just stand still and you're waiting for someone to just look for you and you kind of force things. He hasn't been forcing. He gave the ball to Alex Lynn twice before he got the ball to shoot it. He waited until he was open. And, yeah, there, there were some misplays. I'm not saying right. he played a perfect game. Right. But it's 48 minutes of hard-nosed basketball in the NBA, especially against this Utah Jazz team. No one can be perfect against this team. Obviously, the Kings were up by eight points, and in in, we saw that go right. away in the fourth quarter. So no one was perfect. But Buddy Hill played his role, and that's why I would say – he is the MVP for this game, but, yeah. man, there were others ones, too. I mean, Harrison Barnes gets a shout-out, and right. obviously Davion Mitchell's defense gets a shout-out. And out. it's unfortunate, and let's touch on this now. People will remember that pass, that turnover that Buddy committed down the stretch. And to a lot of people, to the Buddy hate, to, to the Buddy haters, that's going to erase a really good game. Not to the people who know his value, who know his worth, and we all know that league-wide, GMs understand what Buddy Hill brings to the table. It's unfortunate. You already started seeing the comments. Well, there goes Buddy doing Buddy things. Like, it's it's truly unfortunate. But it is what it is. He made the mistake. That does not erase. That does not delete a really good game from Buddy Hill. But let's touch on Davion Mitchell, man. He was a talk, literally, the the, the talk of social media. He clamped Davion. Davion. He he clamped uh, Donovan Mitchell on multiple occasions. He clamped Jordan Clarkson. This guy, literally, Vince, gives me anxiety watching him play defense because my hip is literally hurting as I'm watching him because I'm in awe, and I still can't believe what I'm watching live. Like, the way he moves his hips and the strength to literally not get back down or just out of, off balance, it's something that I've never seen before, and that is why... Uh, What's his name? De'Aaron Fox. My God. That is why De'Aaron Fox said he's already a top five on-ball defender. And he's not wrong, bro. Yeah, no. I mean, he looked fantastic. I think it's it's very crazy to see. It's opposite from an offensive player, what I'm about to say. But his first step after he sees you when he's playing defense is so fast that you have nowhere to go. And, and that's incredible to see, man. And yeah, and he just stays on you, like you said. His hip rotation is real. He knows where he knows where his teammates are, so he makes the opposing player 
go to where he's going to be trapped or go to a corner where, where the court is running short. Uh, I mean, his, his defense was phenomenal. I think, obviously, that'll probably be a huge talking point from his game. He did shoot one great from the field. The offense is definitely something we're going to need to keep yeah. an eye on because we don't want him to... And the passing, too. The passing, as I broke down uh, in the film session yesterday, he should not be going over a defense's hands because he's short, right? Length bothers him. He needs to just learn how to hit that slip pass like Buddy has throughout the years and just go from there, man. But he definitely needs to adjust to that. His whole entire offense needs to worked on there was a point in this game especially in the fourth quarter and this is the one play i remember they ran the ball off the court and he had an open look at a three-pointer and decided to dribble back around and then drove into the post and had a swing and then fox had to do something right with like five seconds left on the clock and i believe this was like right around the three minute mark of the fourth quarter if you guys want to go check it out but yeah that's a shot he needs to take because not only if you make it yeah that's three points you miss it you still have more time on the clock than taking up the full 24 seconds right. and getting a horrible shot from De'Aaron Fox and honestly man, as much as I want to keep talking about Davion Mitchell to me the biggest takeaway from this game is is eyeballing De'Aaron Fox's shot selection man he has shot horribly in these first two games, and that's my biggest takeaway if I had to have any from, from this outing. So Fox was 5-19 from the floor, 0-5 from beyond the arc, 12 points, 5 assists. I think he's banged up, bro. Like his... In the second half. Yeah. His shoulders banged up. He played good defense at times, but I think down the stretch, you kind of saw how he kind of like gave up on that play because he just couldn't... I don't know what it was. He couldn't run or just walk no more. And that's where they got the de the uh, defensive stop, and then that's when Buddy turned the ball over after that. But that whole possession was kind of weird because right before that, I think he went into Gobert again to to get that bucket. And you know, again, he's gonna have those nights. But you're right; he needs to be better. Um, it's tough, man, because his game opens up so much for everybody else. And he's your go-to guy, right? He's, he's your go-to scorer. And as you said, when they went into that five guard or small ball, again, they tried to replicate the Clippers' success, I would say, down down the stretch. And it was too late to go with that. They kind of went out of they, – they went with that lineup out of necessity because Rashawn fouled out. But I would have liked to see, to see that earlier and then not in the last three minutes where the game is on the line. But, you know, uh, trial and error, go back to the film and just see what uh, Luke can, can do for Sunday because Chef Curry's coming into town, man, and they got to be sharp for him. Yeah, I, I, I still want to touch on this Fox thing because, yeah, he was, he was what you said, 5 for five for 19 tonight. Yeah. I, believe he, I believe he was like 6 for 22 against the Blazers. and that I, I think it's just shot selection right now, and I think he's trying to be aggressive. And it's something that we want to monitor, right? This guy shot 47.7% from the field last season. This is someone that knows how to get to the basket and score. And obviously, I think teams now realize he's. we need to test his jump shot because the only way the Kings truly take the next step yeah. is if De'Aaron Fox develops that jump shot because his mid-range jumper, the spit-around fadeaways, the in-and-out dribble to a sidestep mid-range jumper, like those aren't necessarily good shots. Those are iffy shots to be taking in the middle of the game when you're up by five seven points and you know that this utah jazz team is on the attack so I, like i said 
I'm not too worried about it. It's only two games in. Like you said, the shoulders seem to be bothering him after he took that spill. But it is something that I'm keeping my eye on as he has struggled in these first two games. First game, 40% from the field. And then tonight, I believe it was 29% from the field. So we definitely want to see if he can up his shooting. And if he can start knocking down shots, that will open up the game a lot more. And I think he knows that. And I think teams yeah. are going to start pressuring him into becoming a jump shooter because that's why the lane was so closed off. And to add some context to it, he's going to get to the lane against most teams. I would say 28 out of the 30 teams. Rudy Gobert was back there tonight. That guy's just a beast inside the paint. In the playoffs, it's a different story. But in the season, you can't really go wrong with Rudy Gobert being there and, and just being your goalkeeper. So let's keep that in mind as well. But, yeah. Down, you know what I mean? For sure, keep for sure. And But but the same goes for Tyrese and for Davion. Like, like you said earlier, they can't be scared to shoot that ball, bro. And I just fell in the fourth quarter, and they swung, swung, swung. They had plenty of chances to shoot a mid-range shot, to stop on a dime. And they were scared of the moment. And what do you do? Like, Buddy's trying to shoot the ball. We all know that. So your your only go-to guy, literally, when you need a bucket, is De'Aaron Fox. I didn't like how they used Harrison Barnes. I thought he kind of was hesitant to attack Rudy Gobert like that, and he did. But he ended up kicking the ball back out down the stretch in, in, in those last two minutes of the game. And then you just saw Fox hit that last layup. But after that, the the Kings offense was stagnant, bro. So Can, I also want to see Terrence Davis. I mean, I think ne- Terrence Davis's ability to score right. needs to, needs to start happening. I think they need to start running those type of plays that they were running for buddy for Terrence, whether it's as a starter on the bench, because Terrence is a good shooter. And if you can have the floor more open, obviously that's going to help guys like Darren Fox drive to the basket. But only buddy was really knocking down the three and as well as Barnes, no one else was really knocking down three point shots. So they're I think sag- I think they were two of twenty one. Like I'm saying, they're sagging on zero of four. TD was zero of four tonight. Halliburton was zero of two. Fox zero of five. Holmes ovo. Harrison two of six. Holy smokes! Literally, Buddy had all their threes. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to tell you. If, if Buddy's your only three point shooter, Fox is going to be needing to shoot, and I, you saw that in game one. Five for nineteen, and then tonight we're five for twenty-two. I mean, it's it's rough to and see. That, and 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 that's what scares me about your proposed trade about for uh, Fox or Ben Simmons. There, w- it it would be hard because Ben doesn't score like that, and we know Fox can get you thirty on any given night. So that's what would scare me. And down the stretch, you need a go-to guy, and I just feel like today was a particular situation where. You know, things aren't going your way. You're you're having a tough night. But on most nights, even last year, Fox was the king of the fourth quarter. Make no mistake about it. And it, it's – I think he just had a bad game tonight, to be honest with you. I agree. Like I said, it's, it's not something I'm worried about. It's just something I'm monitoring through the first two games. And I don't want to talk about Ben Simmons too much, but what I will right. say is even though he's not the scorer that he is, defensively, Darren Fox isn't the defender that he is and or have the versatility to guard. Five to one, like Ben Simmons said. But I don't want to do that conversation. Right. We did it all the last time. Right, right. Um, again, so we touched on Fox, uh, Terrence Davis. We haven't touched on Harrison Barnes or Rashawn Holmes. Rashawn Holmes was in foul trouble, three of five, ten rebounds, six points. A lot of iffy calls. I would have challenged that call earlier in the game to keep him in the game. You set him out. You bring back Alex. Then I forget what it was. Was it the third quarter? But 
the refs are on him today, and it's unfortunate, man, because it it wasn't right, and and that really caused the Kings to just go in a, you know, TT didn't get into the fourth quarter. I thought Bagley was awful defensively. Um, he he allowed the uh, the the Jazz to get a lot of easy buckets because of him. He's just such a negative on defense, man. And I don't know if you want to touch on that. Uh, I mean, I can touch on the on the Rashawn Holmes thing. I think Rashawn Holmes put himself in a little bit of trouble in the first half, trying to bail out. Not even bail out, but like he just recovered a little too late as the help side defender. Like the guy would be coming down, and he would get the foul by just pushing into Rashawn or into Rudy Gobert, or like trying to block the shot. Like at some point, you just gotta, like, let those shots go, and know that the team will be fine if you get these two because we, we still need you in this game. Like that's the fact that Rashawn Holmes came in the game for only like two minutes in that fourth quarter. Cause he had those five fouls and then was able to get that offensive rebound, pass it to Harrison Barnes to get that dunking and one. I mean, man, that was, that was a great play when he's on the court. Rashawn Holmes makes a difference at times. He's a little too aggressive and you saw how the refs were calling and he was still being pretty handsy with Rudy Gobert. I'm not saying every call was correct, but he did get away with a lot at the beginning of the first half with throwing Rico Bear down twice as well. So I'm not saying that you're wrong in saying the refs were after him, but I am saying that there were iffy calls, but he was playing a little over-aggressive. My thought was, why Alex Len over Tristan Thompson? I felt like Tristan Thompson would have been way more aggressive on Gobert, whether it be on screens or anything. He couldn't get all of those boards like he did. So I wanted to see Tristan more than I wanted to see Alex. I, I get what Katie and all them were saying was that Alex is aggressive as a as a fowler and is willing to take those fouls, but Tristan will do the same thing, and it kind of gives the Kings that big screening body in which they need. I felt like Alex Lynn was lacking in screens and where Tristan Thompson's better at it. And uh, your last point about Bagley, they were targeting him, man, especially to close. I mean, yeah, the were. third. They literally set a play for Jordan Clarkson to be one-on-one on Marvin Bagley, and he drained a three in his mouth. So, yeah, I mean, but but I will say this, even though it did happen, it's his first minutes. He, everyone cheered him in yeah. the first seconds of his game. He tried to get the defensive rebound. He only reason why he didn't get it is because he lost his shoe and that was not a foul on him. He did not fire right. Mike Conley. That was a rebound and put out dunk. But everyone will remember that everything else. I'm not I'm not a Marvin Bagley hater, but he shouldn't have been out there on the court. Yeah, I I think Thompson should have been in there just because he brings out toughness. With that said, though, TT is very suspect when it comes to finishing at the rim. He missed about three bunnies today, if I'm not mistaken. And those are killers. You have to finish those shots, especially in a close game against, I think, the best team in the Western Conference in the Utah Jazz. A team, as you said, was an ankle injury away from going to the Western Conference Finals. And I think they would have been the uh, Phoenix Suns, to be honest with you, and they would have been in the Finals as well. I think the Bucks would have beaten them. But, you know, um, woulda, coulda, shoulda, you have to make easy bunnies. TT missed them for sure, too. Three, maybe, don't know, but for sure two. Um, but you're right. I, I was I was asking our, our PR guy, I was like, is TT not playing today? You know what I'm saying? Like, did I miss the injury report? And he goes, no, he's he's playing. He just hasn't played it. I'm like, oh, that's weird. So maybe Luke will do like a rotation with his bigs. It's a nice problem to have because you have depth for the first time in a long time. I don't know how you feel about that, like, uh-uh. Uh, you know, like you know, like what do you do? I I like 
I'm I'm one of those people that that like to see the confirmed ten man rotation, eight man, nine man rotation. I like knowing the rotation so that these guys can build the camaraderie. Obviously, and, and know how everyone plays. Like switching out all the time. I mean, yeah, it's good to have depth, but at the same time, depth is there so that your key guys can get relief when it's needed in certain situations. Like tonight, when Holmes was obviously dealing with foul trouble, but you know, I. I I, I, I want to see what Walton does. I'm not going to hate on anything that bad that happened because I feel right. like today you saw a team that was that next level and you competed with them for three and a half quarters. You were there and you had a chance to win this game. So I, I'm not, I'm just pumped at the fact that we saw competitiveness. One more thing I want to say, though, about the depth, and it's really just about Marvin Bagley. I knew it in that press release. It was just about opening night minutes to see that complaint. And here in game two, he's seeing the minutes. When your number is called, be ready, man. We don't always need to see this stuff become public because that was a distraction. And I'm so glad we didn't have to hear any distractions heading into this game. Uh, so it was nice. It was nice to see that. And it was just, it was a great atmosphere, man. I don't want to take away from the atmosphere. I know it was a loss, but there's so many positives to take right. away. Lance Wood says we're still on track for 81 and one. Hey, shout out to my boy Lance. He came up to me today and we're talking for a while. Um, and he was like, how you doing? How you feeling? I'm like, my back hurts. He's like, damn, boy, something always hurts with you. And I'm like, if it's not my ankle, it's my back. And I'm like, well, when we hooping again? Because me and him used to hoop in that 6 a.m. session, right? Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, yeah, like, like Lance is a hooper for sure. And now it's been tough post-pandemic to get people to wake up that early and go hoop. You know, we'll see if it happens or not. But if you guys haven't liked this video, please do so now. It really helps us out a lot. And it tells YouTube that you guys are interested in watching this type of content. Again, we'll go over the uh, league uh, very, very soon. Lots of crazy scores today. Like the Raptors beating the Celtics. Scotty Barnes, shout out to my boy. 25 points, 13 rebounds, and we'll get into that. Let's touch on a, a couple more things uh, with the Kings. So Harrison Barnes, let's 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 end it with him. 25 points again, Mr. Consistent. 15 rebounds, man. Talk about that, man. Like I said, he's Mr. Consistent. He did exactly what he needed to do. He had to play big today, and it was just nice seeing him be aggressive. I like. I, I don't know. You said earlier that it seemed like he was scared to attack Rudy Gobert. I think he just saw what the refs were doing. Gobert was being very aggressive, and he couldn't. He you can't risk losing Barnes yeah. and Holmes. If you would, if the Kings lose Barnes in a game where if he's in foul trouble like that, I would be really concerned because what Barnes brings to the game is floor spacing. He gives you an automatic bucket if he if he gets left in a one-on-one -on -one situation in the post against a smaller guy, and they're looking for him for that. That's like almost a yeah. set play. They give him a down screen to see if the guard will stay on him, and right. then they look for that post move. So I think Barnes is just Mr. Consistent, I think, and, when I, and I said it before with you, is just what do I want to see from season is someone that's just going to be aggressive. If he's not the number two guy offensively, if it's a Halliburton or something, he has to be your 2B or your 3. And at times when he's on fire, let him be number two and let him take off. And tonight, I mean, he was arguably, him and Buddy were worth Right. He's, he's going to bring that type of game for you on almost every night. So it'll be nice to see. So there it is, guys. That is the recap for tonight's game. Actually, I, I do want to touch on, on the Jazz. Did 
did the Jazz do anything different, or were you shocked at anything that the Jazz did tonight? Because I was just like, man, this is just who they are. They're a great team. Do you think something's missing? Uh, I just feel like Conley wasn't doing much of anything. Game. I feel like Conley was just kind of on cruise. I don't think he did much. I mean, I, I, I'll give credit, though. I mean, Davion Mitchell really did give fits to Donovan, and I think that kind of took them for like a, like a whoa, what's happening? And that's why I saw the hard fouls. I think Joe Ingles, obviously it was an accident, but him putting that hurt on, and then the clamps happening again by Mitchell, and then that next play you see, I believe it was Gobert, throw... Mitchell to the ground like I, it's kind of like get off my guy type of thing it was like sending him a little bit of a message because the defense was intense and I feel like the Jazz came to the game thinking like this was this should be an easy one we handle this team the Kings came to punch him in the mouth and, and that's exactly what right. happened but D Mitch had like, 27 points on 25 shots that tells you a lot like that after the game D Mitch hugged Davion he was like bro Ain't nobody ever made me work like this. Because if you think about the greatness of uh, Donovan Mitchell, short, explosive, super quick first step, right? Super long wingspan. Davion Mitchell took the ball away twice tonight in stride, going to the basket. Like I said earlier, the way he moves those hips and then the strength to keep up with, uh, with Donovan going downhill. Davion is built like a tank, bro. And that was so impressive to see. And Donovan just had none but respect. Tip your hat off to him. He made a lot of great shots tonight. Again, 27 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. But on 9 of 25, you best believe Donovan will remember this night for a long time, man. Um, For the Jazz is Bogdanovich, though. That's the silent assassin right there. That guy, he is nice. He's so nice. He only finished with 13 points, 5 rebounds on 5 of 11, but he made timely buckets. And you know the Jazz know that that is a guy that if you need a bucket down the stretch, he's going to give you that. And that's what he did. He hit that big three to essentially kill the Kings and end and, and, and the game. I thought Rudy Gobert was impressive. 17 points, 20 rebounds. You're going to get a lot of hate from the, the Rashawn Holmes haters. Like, oh, see, every big man has a great game against Rashawn Holmes. And he's going to get the blame for it. I know. It's just a matter of time before we see it on Twitter. And we definitely see it on Facebook. But, you know, Rashawn will get that, that hate. But it's okay. Rudy Gobert is a great basketball player. That's why he got paid $200 million. Um, and I thought Clarkson was good. 15 points, but on 19 shots. That is not efficient. Attest that credit to Davion and, and the rest of his teammates. Lots of good stuff there. Ingles got ejected early in the game. Jared Butler didn't get much run today, only two minutes. But it was nice to see Davion and, and Jared after the game switch jerseys. They won a national championship together. That's pretty much it, man. Let's go around. Go ahead. Was that, how scary was that fall live in person with, with Ingles kind of touching Mitchell's leg when he flew through the air? I think and also... How do you think the crowd would have got if Mitchell would have threw down the hammer? I think everybody was scared. Like, everybody held their breath. Like, what the? Like, you know, like, your season can change in a snap of a finger, right? For anybody. That could be Donovan Mitchell getting hurt or just anybody. But I think a lot of fans were holding their breaths, man. So, you know, thankfully, thank God that he didn't get injured like that. But the Suns beat the Lakers tonight 115 to 105. Shocking result or not really? Because to me, it's not really. I think the Lakers, when I watched them live against the Kings, I said they're going to be 
very bad defensively. Russell Westbrook ain't the answer. And a lot of Laker fans will come to terms with this. And, and you know, reality was set in. Games are not played on paper. Games are not played NBA 2K style. These guys, these guys got to play, man. And I'm not impressed with what they did this, this offseason, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, so I was watching this game. Uh, the scoreboard doesn't say how bad the Lakers were. They were down by 30 points. Whoa. They were down by 30 points. They came back late in the third to bring it to within, like, 10. But it was just on, like, just three-point shot after three-point shot. The the Suns were just trying to round, wound down the time or whatever. But that was really about it. But Russell Westbrook, it was a nice bounce-back game. You saw a lot of fighting between Davis and Dwight Howard. That's probably going to get a lot of circulation tomorrow. Uh, the same thing with, like, it was just it just seemed like there was a lot of tension in the air. I think the Suns came out saying like, "Oh, most people said we couldn't beat you if you guys were all healthy. Well, now you guys are all healthy and you have West. Uh, they it. came ready to play like it was a playoff game and the Lakers came to play like it was a regular season. And I don't think they were ready for that type of atmosphere. And on top of that, I I I don't truly believe in what you're saying just because they're still missing Wayne Ellington. They're still missing Kendrick Nunn. They're missing key guys and which are going to help their rotation they can't rely on ro- like a lineup that's rondo westbrook heavy that's you know disgusting I mean? that's gross lebron with dwight howard that's you can't do much with that but you add in a wayne ellington russell westbrook and you know something else out there that can shoot anthony davis maybe i mean that gives you more versatility i think they're just waiting to get healthy and as of right now they're not but that's still not an excuse for a team full of veterans that know how important these early games are much as the, the season is Right, Knicks win 121-96, no surprise there against the Magic. The Pacers lost again in overtime, 135-134. That is tough. It, no Bradley Beal in that game. Wow. Spencer Dinwiddie went off. I told people, stop sleeping on my boy. He's been working out all offseason. The guy looked strong. He I was ready, him. ready, and he came out there, and he tried to do isolation ball, and he killed him. Shout out to Kyle Kuzma, too, saying, hey, put some respect on my name. He got minutes. He got touches. Boys, put put the ball in the hole. It was a good game. That was a good, I, I hate the Pacers, but good yeah. game. And then the Nets and the Sixers, the Nets came back 114-109. The Sixers are a team that if they don't get Ben Simmons back, I think both of you and I can agree that they're going to be like a 6-7 AC, to be, to, to be honest with you. Um, back in the next five games, throwing that out there now. Well, yeah. I mean, hey, he has no choice, right? And then we got the Raptors beating the Celtics once again. Scotty Bourne is 25 and 13. Rookie of the year? Is it, is, it, is it too early? Probably. But yes. I just feel like he's he's going to get playing time with the Raptors. And he's gonna and if he keeps playing even out of 50% of this, so if it's like 12 points and nine rebounds and 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 they win, who knows? Like the East is wide open. So hey, they they beat the Celtics in Boston. Make no mistake oh, about it. They were in they were in Toronto, I thought. No. Sure they, in- they they played in Boston. Okay. I thought they were I thought they were in Toronto. That's impressive. Boston. That is impressive. Shout out to my boy. Scotty Barnes was I was texting you about it. I was like, hey. Yeah, you did. I, I was texting you. I was like, this man is going off. The the one thing I gotta say though is I feel like the Celtics were still a little tired from from playing a double overtime game against the Knicks. And I think they kind of, again, this is another team I feel like they kind of overlooked the Raptors, knowing that there's no Pascal. And for Scotty Barnes, he is, as of right now, he's leading the vote in Rookie of the Year, I believe. I think right after that, it's Evan Mobley. 
Those two guys have been great. I think he lives in Cleveland. But, uh, yeah, man, I want to see what Scotty Barnes does does once Pascal returns and how they use him because, yeah, he's an interesting player. Once Pascal comes back with OG and and Scotty defensively, those three defensively with that length, it's just ridiculous. I mean, you can switch everything, and they're both – and they're all – Relentless defenders like OG is just a beast defensively. Um, you worry about defensively though, right now, a little bit. Yeah, because Fred can't be your number one option, and then in, in that first game, he was your number one option. I didn't see the game today. I know we have a post game show on that game today because my boy Robert broke down the game. I was live streaming it from the Golden One Center, and it's only nine minutes long. But if you guys want to catch that, he broke down the game. He watched all of it. He lives in Toronto, um, and, and he, he pretty much said like. OG had a bad game again. Yep. But again, we Nick Nurse got to do a better job and and running honestly, me personally, I would run the offense through Scotty and kind of how Fred would play off of a Kyle Lowry off the ball. That's where he's best at with the ball in his hands and initiating the offense. That's not a strong suit. So, that's what I would do. I also didn't watch the game today, so I don't know what or, or how they used him, but that's what I would do personally. And then the Bulls beat the hell out of the Pelicans, 128-112. And then the Rockets got the W. Good for them. They're not – I think Jalen had a super scary dunk that he could have converted and just brought the whole NBA world down. But uh, it didn't go in. But shout out to them. They're one and one The two worst teams in the West, but one had to win. Um – Someone saying, Vince, will the Kings beat the Warriors on Sunday? And we'll end it on that. Will the Kings beat the Warriors on Sunday? Uh, my money wouldn't be on that. Uh, but the, the Warriors are playing incredible right now. The way they're moving that basketball, the way they're able to shoot the three-pointer. Jordan Poole is real. Damon Lee off the bench is a shooter. Draymond Green has came out and he's been ready to be the team's facilitator. I mean, the, king, the team has come out ready to fight. With that being said, if the Kings do come out with this type of intensity, don't beat them. They, I don't know about beat them, but they're going to definitely have a chance. I mean, if they play the way they did today, they'll beat them. It's just a matter of can they be consistent defensively, right? Like, they'll beat them. I'll say this: You're gonna if they could if they're gonna do it against Rudy Gobert, that five guard lineup you threw out at the end of the game, you you better believe you're gonna see it on Sunday. For you're sure, the five again at guarding Draymond Green. You're gonna see Mitchell out there trying to guard Curry. I cannot wait to see that. It's gonna Mitchell, be fun. I mean, that's gonna if we see that lineup to end the game, man, we're gonna and it's and it's close. We're in for a treat. I just want to see the aggressive, man. I, I just love the fact that we're competitive. I love that everyone's talking about this team's defense. And, I, again, I, I, I give all the credit to Davion Mitchell's energy because that 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 S-word is contagious, man. That stuff is contagious, and uh, and, you, and you're seeing it right now, and it's nice to see. Well, that's going to do it, y'all. This will be available on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We thank everybody who tuned in live and for the people that will watch this after tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Thank you guys so, so much for all the love and support. I think it's year number eight for me that I've been covering this team. Um, Year six with CK since 2015. 
I'm excited, man, and, and you know, I'm super happy to, to, to bring Vince on whenever he gets a chance after games. You know, Javi and Ty will be also in the rotation uh, with these post-game lives, but uh, yeah, man, thank you, Vince, for your time. I really appreciate it, brother, and uh, we'll start doing other NBA shows as well because it's not just the Kings for you and me. We love basketball. Are we hoping tomorrow morning? I know people were asking in the comments if, if I'm hoping tomorrow. Let's do it. I'm, I'm hoping tomorrow morning, 24-hour fitness on Van Maren. I should be there right around 9.30, 10 a.m. I'll probably stay there till about, probably about like, hooping till probably about noon to 12.30, and then I'll be in the sauna from 12.30 to probably about 2 o'clock. I'm a, I'm a big sauna guy. I believe that's the relaxation. Well, there'll be people, got, though, at, at that time. Hey, if these people in the comment section want to show up and get beat in a three-point shootout one-on-one or whatever, just let them know I'm ready. <laughs> uh, and then also before I let you guys go, there is a new episode of the King's Court, my, my podcast coming out on Monday. I do have a couple of special guests that I'm looking to lock in right now. I'm not going to name them here. I did name them on my Twitter spaces, so if you did join me there, shout out to you for joining me on Twitter and the spaces at VM Center. Uh, but yeah, new show coming out on Monday. Those are going to come out every single Monday with segments and a couple of guests every week. Leo probably will be one of them consistently. I've had many guests on. My, our latest guest was Katie Hunter. You guys go check that out. It was amazing. So that's coming out. And then, uh, yeah, man, NBA shows. We're going to we're gonna start doing something together, and that's going to be a lot of fun, just breaking down hoops around the entire NBA, maybe talking about some bets because you know me. I'm a degenerate gambler, and I'm proud me of too. it. Me too, man. I lost a lot of money tonight. I lost a lot of money on opening night. But it is what it is, man. That's gambling. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.